Hello and welcome to the Broadway Binge Podcast. I'm Jeremy. And I'm Hannah. And we are going to tell you the history of American musical theater by reviewing and ranking all of the most important musicals from Showboat to today. Today, for the second week in a row, we'll be discussing West Side Story from 1957 with book by Arthur Lawrence, directed and choreographed by Jerome Robbins, music by Leonard Bernstein, and lyrics by Stephen Sondheim. And also one of the producers was a young Hal Prince. Um, Not as young as he was when we've already talked about him in Pajama Game and Damn Yankees, but still pretty young. So that is our team. We are back to talk about it more. Woo! Um, last week, we sort of started off comparing it to Romeo and Juliet, which it was based on. We talked about the production history, how it came together. Uh, we talked about some of the thorny issues with, you know, casting, casting white people in roles for people of color. We talked about um, America and sort of started to get into the music of it and the influence it had on Broadway later on. Um, but yeah, now we're just really going to dive in and talk about this show, the uh, original stage musical and the movie mm-hmm. and um, talk through it and maybe even just go song by song we'll see I think that's a great way to go <laughs> yeah great I love that um, well then let's start at the top yeah the prologue is spectacular um, it's so good the music is so good mm-hmm. it just like drops I, us right into where the whole show lives I feel like anyway yeah it's super effective and we've seen this isn't the first show ever to do an opening prologue before any words are spoken actually um this we didn't really see this in the movie version of Carousel because I don't think mm. the movie version of Carousel retains it. But I just went to see two weeks ago. I saw the Broadway revival of Carousel, which oh, yeah. should this. never have happened. Like, why are we reviving Carousel right Who now? Can say honestly, why? But you know. So Carousel did a similar thing where you show up, you sort of meet all of the characters because they're dancing around. The one, I mean, one good thing about the Broadway revival of Carousel was the dancing was spectacular. And I've seen amazing dancing on TV. I'm a big fan of So You Think You Can Dance. But, like, seeing good dancing in person is just a totally different thing than yeah. seeing it on TV. Like, seeing these real human beings, like, doing these moves, it's unbelievable. But, I am I mean, West Side Story, and we're going to be talking a lot more about the movie. I have, I saw the 2009 revival. Hannah said she's seen a London version. Mm-hmm. But... The, the version we're most familiar with and it's most easy for us and you, the viewer, to like sort of talk about in common is the stage, or sorry, the movie version from 1961. Right. And that prologue is just such, so intricately choreographed and directed and it tells you everything you need to know about the Jets and the Sharks and like their characters. And it's just so perfect. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't know what there is to say. It's perfect. Yeah, I'm thinking about how... Um, when it came out, right, it was set in the time that it came out. Um, and so I guess it was just about, like, establishing, hey, like, we're talking about this very specific thing, but in the city that we live in, and about these these uh, people who, like, we know exist concurrently with us. And I think now about how when I watch that prologue, it feels like it's just, like, a necessary, like, hey, let's remind us that we're in the 50s, and this is what it looked and felt and, um, you know, sounded like. I don't know. So it feels like such, like, a period setting moment, mm-hmm. I guess, but it occurs to me that's probably not what it was about when that show first came out because that was the present day i think this is so much better at showing us who the characters are yeah it's sort of like a character building piece so much better than something like oklahoma where in in oklahoma i mean for the time like the the ballet like the lori has to decide ballet was you know so revolutionary for the time but the dancing itself was just ballet dancing and it was like a, a form of dancing that existed before cowboys and mm-hmm. while we did learn what Laurie was thinking through the dance, 
the dance itself was not so i mean there was sort of to an extent like you have like the sort of um loose women come out with their can can right. dancing <laughs> later on but here it's it's not like just random ballet moves all the dancing feels like a lot of people you know who might not be as familiar with West Side Story make fun of it like oh that's the one where the gang members do ballet dancing and snap a lot but yeah. it's it's not like that the dancing is changed from just traditional ballet into sort of this vernacular that these gang members use to express the feelings that they're not eloquent enough to express in real life because they're just stupid kids in a gang but they their emotions find their way in this sort of like tight angular movement by jerome robbins they keep things in tight and then they explode out and they snap and like they get in formation because they're a family and they walk in formation and you sort of see the jets are snapping kind of like easy and jazzy because you know they're sort of from a jazzy culture and then later on you see bernardo and the sharks and they snap faster just a little bit of faster pace than when Mm -hmm. the jets were snapping and a little bit more menacing Mm -hmm. and it's it you learn so much about the difference between these gangs just based on the speed with which they move and the aggression and you see bernardo is so much angrier the jets are sort of cocky and they they Mm -hmm. just think they run the place bernardo is just so angry at the injustice of everything and you can just see that you can see that from the way he moves and the way he spins such he has such anger but the anger is extremely controlled and his movements are so much more controlled than the jets who are just a little bit more spastic and and swingy you know it's 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 so fascinating yeah no i mean i think yeah i think you articulated that really well so i don't have much to add but i think uh, yeah i mean i think what you're speaking to is like it's so well integrated right that like west side story without the dancing would really not be very good you know what i mean like it wouldn't be what is interesting about it is like seeing the movement i mean maybe the last third of the show we talked last week about how it feels like some of the balletics get stripped away but also in a way that i think is informed by the plot um, mm-hmm. falling apart, you know, things like devolving. Um, yeah. But yeah, like the way that the ballet feels, I don't know, the way that it feels like it's about masculinity and violence is really cool and exciting and explosive, I think is the word you used. I think we used the word visceral last week. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. It's. I mean, it's also, it, I mean, I don't, neither of us know a ton about dance, I suppose, but um, it's balletic, but it's also, it feels like uh, super modern. Yeah. Like I, you know what I mean? I don't think it lives entirely in the world of ballet. Yeah, and I, I'm sure, like, modern ballet does this a lot more, and we're just, like, less familiar with it. But, I mean, you so often, when you think about ballet, you think of all these, you know, things like Swan Lake, things that were written a long time ago, and, you, like, dancers just doing dances from a long time ago. And, like, yeah. don't get mad at me, ballet. I, I know, I know that there is ballet now that is, like, even more modern than West Side Story. Like, I, I know. But on Broadway up until this point, um, right. I don't think that had been there had been as much of an effort to take ballet and update it to the specific characters in the right. specific location. Like, they didn't try to make cowboy ballet. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. they did. Like, there sort of was an extent to, like, yeah. make, make the dancing a little cowboy-ish. But, like, with the Lori dream ballet, like, it was a lot more sort of traditional movement. With here... And that, that wasn't contemporary, right? Like, that was set in the past. In the 1800s, yeah. yeah. Or early 1900s. Like, yeah, this is, like, what does, like gang violence look like today through the filter of ballet which is pretty yeah. cool yeah this is like what's going on 20 blocks north of where this theater is less than that because yeah. winter garden is pretty far north um what's going mm-hmm. on uh like 10 blocks north of where we are right now yeah and mm-hmm. jerome robbins i think like agnes demille took broadway dance a huge step forward with her oklahoma and carousel and all that but yeah. jerome robbins took it way further i mean broadway dance today is like a two-man creation from robbins and fossey 
and Fosse might have more to do with like the sort of like just the day to day random Broadway show, like what is it going to look like in the dancing. But Robbins, because because no one can copy this sort of stuff from Robbins. Right. You can't. Right. You just can't do this. Like I mean, you can. Someone could, but like. You don't see it as much. Like, the School of Rock musical isn't going to have Robin's Broadway. There just aren't as many new original musicals that would seem natural with ballet dancing that was updated to a modern time. Like, it just doesn't work with the sort of musicals that are often being written today. Yeah, I agree. I think, yeah, I think that's all true and is part of what makes this show so exciting, which is exciting to talk about because I feel like we sort of didn't unpack all of that last week. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't know. We also talked about how, like, this show came out at a time where maybe it, like, it wasn't received in a way that uh, felt consistent with, like, how important it's viewed as today. Um, I think, like, its legacy in dance uh, makes a lot of sense, I guess. Yeah. Word. Okay, well, that's the prologue. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and it deserves that. I think that's, like, of of all the songs in the show, that's the one that most defines what the show is um right i guess there's a couple others we'll get to next up is the jet song which really is just sort of an outgrowth of it's sort of taking what's going on in the ballet and just adding lyrics to it yeah um, i agree I don't, I don't i feel like there's not much specific to talk about no i don't so. keep it moving uh something's coming by tony mm-hmm. if, if like if you have to go to the bathroom <laughs> this, this is kind of early like you, like you shouldn't have to go to the bathroom this early in, this, in the, in the but if show you up and you do <laughs> yeah if, yeah if you do if you like walked into the theater and realized like yeah. oh no i should have gone to the bathroom before the musical started now i'm screwed like this is where you go it's a good I song mean, i agree with you i also then my thought is like i guess it's like when we meet tony you know yeah which is oh this is important <laughs> this is actually the perfect time to talk about what i think is the biggest flaw with most productions of west side story including the awesome. movie. and I, t- I, I i gush about the movie but there is a problem i What's think the problem? the problem is that it's really difficult to find an actor who can both play tony as a romantic and also yeah. as a former gang member a, a co-founder of the mm-hmm. gang that then goes on to murder bernardo and almost attempt to rape i basically attempt to rape anita like this guy founded this gang and yes it got away from him he never wanted it to become that wait tony yes tony was a co-founder of the gang with riff but he doesn't try to rape anita no no no. but i'm saying he founded a gang that would do this kind of thing he gathered together the people and trained them up the people who would do this kind of thing right but so he would never do that yeah Yeah, he would never do that but I feel like the, the sort of two directions you could go. You could make, you could err on the side of him being too tough that he doesn't right. come off as a believable lover, or you could have him be too much of a soft lover guy and not believable mm-hmm. as a as a gang leader. And either one, like you could err. Obviously, you want to get someone who's perfect and sells both, but it's really hard to find someone who sells both and has like such a pretty singing voice. So you're pretty much always, unless you just luck out and find the perfect guy, you're almost always going to err on one side. And right. I feel like. Every live version I've seen and the movie aired on the side of too much of a lover boy, not a guy who could conceivably like, like I mean, he yeah. kills Bernardo. How I mean, how did this? How does a soft man kill Bernardo? Look at look at how good Bernardo is at fighting, and how aggressive, and how good he is at dancing. Tony can't dance for shit. How did Tony mm-hmm. kill Bernardo? I mean, I guess yeah, lucky shot, whatever. But still, I, I mean, I mean, I reject your usage of the term soft man to mean that he's not strong, but that's neither like. I hear I hear what you're, the point you're making though, which is like, yeah, like I've seen him also played. I think in a way that I'm like, oh, like I think that there needs to be more violence in him and in his portrayal because it has to be like just teeming under the surface, or else like it just becomes really easy. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I agree like, with that. 
like he has this violent side inside of him that he is through effort. He, yeah. He's tampered down through effort because then he sees Rift die, and you see it like in the movie, you like see it his eye. Yeah. His eyes go a little wide, and he runs right at Bernardo and kills him. And mm-hmm. it's like, oh, the real Tony has awakened, but it just looks like a sweet mm-hmm. guy, like, faking and acting like he's suddenly aggressive <laughs> now. I, okay. I want someone who, like, you constantly see the tension right under the surface of his skin. Like, you constantly see him right. like, fighting this inner nature. And through discipline and, and effort, he's, like, become a better person. And he wants to convince all the other members of the Jets that through discipline, they can become better people, too. And then ultimately he sees Rift die and it all falls apart yeah. in one moment. Um, this I don't buy it from this guy. I don't buy it from the guy I saw in the tour of the 2009 version. Um, and it's it's not like I'm expecting. I'm sure it's really hard to find someone who's the perfect mix. It's hard, yeah. I just don't know why no one's... like. If you're going to err on one side, I just want to see someone try to err on the side. I want to see a version of West Side Story that gets criticized in its reviews. Like, Tony was too tough. I didn't believe him as a lover. You always see that he's too much of a lover and you don't believe him as tough. I want to see someone, just for an experiment's sake, I want to see someone err on the other side. And I bet that would be a better mistake than the mistake (laughs) that we've been living with for 50 years. Right, well, because it's like he's not Romeo. You know what I mean? Like, when we cast him as Romeo, like, that's a different story, right? Like, Romeo Mm -hmm. has, like, no life experiences and has never been violent until the moment where Mercutio dies, right? Versus, like, this guy founded the gang. (laughs) Mm -hmm. He founded it. Yeah, and I think we ignore that sometimes. Mm -hmm. I also think, like... Or go ahead. No, you first. Okay. I think a failure of the movie, and maybe not a failure, but it's a choice that I disagree with, is like how quick uh, Tony, or just that the moment when Tony kills Bernardo feels sort of glossed over. Like we almost don't see it. Like I actually paused it and rewatched it a couple times because I was like, wait, wait, wait. He just like, like he just sort of stabs him. And also that, that whole moment felt unclear to me in the movie. Like Bernardo mm-hmm. sort of almost accidentally kills Biff. Like it seems Riff. like he's sort of, supr- oh God, I have to stop doing that. <laughs> um, Bernardo accidentally kills Riff. Like, you know, it's it's very much like the Romeo and Juliet, like you died under my arm moment. Mm-hmm. It really seems like an accident. And I've seen it done yeah. where it's like less of an accident. I don't know. I don't know that I disagree with that per se, but I disagree with like the choice then where like Tony almost like kind of accidentally like is doesn't realize that he's killed Riff. And it's like, no, he explodes in violence and anger and I want to see it. Like... I want to see the fight where, like, Romeo kills Tybalt and, like, want to see the, like, monster inside this kid that's awakened. And I feel Mm -hmm. like we don't see it in the movie because it's sort of just like a, like, it's just, like, one gesture. And then, and I'm like, wait, no, I wanted to see him, like, explode, like, and, like, just suddenly, like, we had no idea where that came from, like, totally destroy this person who's just killed his best friend. And, like, yeah, yeah, we don't see that. And so, I don't know, I think that leaves something to be desired. And I've seen stage versions where it's been, like, a little more... We've given more space to that um, yeah. act of vengeance. I don't know. Did, yeah, I want to see. I agree with you, and I want to see more stage versions because the one stage version I saw, I think, had the same issue as the movie. Um, and I think it's really powerful in the movie when Rift dies. He yeah. takes his knife and ha- his final act is to hand his knife to Tony and basically give Tony a look like, "Avenge yeah. me." And yeah. I think, <laughs> and, and Riff is such a good actor. I think like that's just a really powerful moment that's a little yeah. bit squandered. By yeah. Tony just not selling it, like they 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 just picked a, a lover boy and or even uh, just the way it's directed, I think too. Like he's not, he's sort of like oh, and then like just sort of gestures and immediately his dad Bernardo, which I also don't buy. I'm like, yeah, I don't know. I think Bernardo. I love that Bernardo maybe didn't need to kill, mean to kill Riff. Like I, I appreciate in the plot that it seems like they were fucking around and they were maybe trying to hurt. They were trying to hurt each other. For sure, yeah. but like he didn't mean to like stab him in the chest in cold blood, like in the way that he did. 
Yeah, and I also love that Tony, like, they were just going to fight with skins, and then Tony ruined it by trying to break up the fist right. fight, which would have let everyone get out their aggression and would have been fine. Tony yeah. ca- tries to break it up and then causes Rift to get involved, which then leads to all this happening. So it's all Tony's fault. Basically, yeah. I don't like Tony. It's funny. This is like he's <laughs> one of the main characters of this musical that I love, but yeah, I don't like Tony at all. Like, I, I love Maria. Maria's great. She's too good for Tony. I agree. So we have to go back for, to the songs. We've yeah. gone in too deep. We have to go back. We were at Something's, Something's Coming. Something's Coming. Uh, okay, yeah. So next up is The Dance at the Gym, which... <laughs> I think it's the other song along with the prologue that really defines all of these characters and interactions yeah. really well. Yeah, I mean, I love it. I like, what is the context for this dance at the gym? It's just a dance at a gym. Yeah, I guess back then there were just random dances at school gyms. Or maybe they're just <laughs> trying really hard to copy Romeo and Juliet, so they just like pretended that this was a thing that they're, happened. They're, yeah, I'm like, why are they all at a party together, though, is my question. It's like the homecoming dance. Yeah, but like um, they're adults. <laughs> Well, they're supposed to be teenagers. Yeah, well, fine. But, like, it's not, like, the high school dance. Like, they don't go to high school together. Like, they're adult. Like, Bernardo's, like, an adult man. I guess it's just, know? maybe maybe they were just local dances back then. There was no internet. Like, yeah. th- like there was nothing for them to do. Before computers. Um, yeah. Is that true? It's before computers? Pre- yeah. Pre- I, mean, I mean, they were, we were starting there were to- s- There were some computers from World War Two. so, like. Mm-hmm. Okay. But, like. Important that I know where we were at. Um, but no, not, <laughs> never mind. Um, okay, yeah, I don't know. I have questions about the dance construction, but I'm also just being difficult. Um, let's, let's play a little bit of the dance great. at the gym, because I think this is, uh, it's going to be hard to play, like, all of the good parts of it. Maybe we'll skip around a little bit, because I don't want to just, like, sit here playing minutes and minutes of, of music, but, um, I think some of Bernstein's best all-time work is in this dance at the gym. It goes from, like, musical genre to genre, style to style, and really tells a story. Um, so mm-hmm. let's, let's play some dance at the gym. In the dream sequence. I love the snapping in this show. Yeah. (laughs) So this, this is brilliant. Let's skip ahead to when they mambo. This fun part. That, oh, I love that character actor, that guy who tries to get them to like dance in circles and be nice to each other. You know that yeah. guy? Yes. That's, and then, that's who yeah. I would play. That is for sure who you would play. <laughs> oh, this is the best musical of all time. So this goes well, Tony and Maria sort of see each other, and everything else fades away into the darkness. Eventually. classic suddenly well this is the um 
uh, like Holy Palmer's Kiss yeah, or whatever. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah, from Romeo and Juliet. Mm -hmm. What are those lines? They're good lines. Good pogrom, you, uh, good pogrom, you do wrong your hand too much, which apparently devotion shows in this for saints of yeah. hands, the palmer's hands you touch, and palm to palm is Holy Palmer's Kiss. Remember how we had to memorize that in Carrie Mason's yep. acting sheet? <laughs> yep, I remember that. Yeah. Uh, good times. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, yeah. Um, I don't want to like play that whole thing, but just so so in there we heard the initial sort of jazzy part. We heard the uh, like funny, like weird character actor guys, uh, like yeah. little song, and then we heard the mambo, and now we have this, and it's just Bernstein just knows how to put together some music. He just knows mm -hmm. how to do it. He's good at it. He should. Uh, yeah. I think he's gonna have a real career ahead of him. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I think we'll expect more from him. Um, so then the next song after that is uh, one of the one of the famous songs of Broadway and and you sort of heard that melody at the end and now we will listen to it in f or parts of it in full. This is Maria from mm -hmm. what's the story? This is Tony. He's just met Maria. Maria's being rushed away from the dance by Bernardo who saw her dancing with a white guy and does not approve. So she is gone, but Tony is just over the moon and he's singing about this new girl who he is in love with. Most beautiful song I ever heard. Maria, 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 Maria. And who are these guys? Unclear. All the beautiful sounds of the world in a single Kissed a girl named Maria, and suddenly I found how wonderful a song can be. Maria, say it loud, and there's music playing. Mm -hmm. Say it soft, and it's almost like rain. Okay, yeah. Um, <laughs> very pretty song. It's funny, actually. I was talking like. So I was thinking they often cast a more, like, not aggressive guy as uh, Tony because, like, you want someone who can have, like, a really pretty singing voice for that song. But in the movie, um, the guy playing Tony, his name is Richard Boehmer, That they had his voice dubbed. Jimmy Bryant dubbed his voice. So really? It's, yeah, so it's not even like they needed the guy who played him to sing, which just it weirds me out that they chose that guy when it's not even like he's the singer. Like, they could have chosen I anyone. I don't know. Yeah. He's very classic looking, like, yeah. I don't know. He kind of, he kind of has like a Jimmy Stewart vibe, but like... What? I, I don't know, a little bit. Don't insult Jimmy Stewart in that way. Well, like a young, I mean, I actually feel like Jimmy Stewart is like, reads is a lot tougher and more like, angular. Jimmy Stewart him. would be a good Tony. I mean, he's too A young Jimmy Stewart would be yeah. awesome. I love oh, Jimmy Oh, he would be good. Because you can totally buy, because mm -hmm. he like, is like, on the one end, you could totally buy, he like... Was like a, had been in some war or something and like yeah, killed like, a bunch of Nazis mm -hmm, and then went on mm -hmm. to become like Mr. Rogers in his old age. Right, like, exactly. Oh, I love Jimmy Stewart. I well, love Jimmy go. Stewart. So next time. Yeah. Well, love Jimmy Stewart. Yeah, he's wonderful. <laughs> he's like one of the great Americans in American history. I agree um, with 
<laughs> um, yeah, I actually really like Maria. Uh, pro tip, if you are, like, in high school and you are looking for, like, an audition song that's, like, not too high and not too low, like, very middle range, not a whole bunch of different difficult notes to sing that, like, can make your voice sound okay, Maria's good. And also, okay. if you don't have a good vibrato, you can sort of muddle your way through without really diving into the vibrato. Like, it basically, what I'm saying is I have used this as an audition <laughs> Are song. you speaking from personal experience, Jeremy? Yeah, because I don't have a spectacular voice. Like, like, mm-hmm. I, like I've said, I would be the guy in West Side Story who was, like, making them all dance in a circle. But you can sort of, like, fudge your way into a decent, like, lo- like small size, like, medium-sized role in a musical, mm-hmm. like, by picking the right audition song. Right. And, like, making it seem like your voice is better than it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and this uh, is a great choice for that. I, uh, I feel that. I wish I could sing Maria. I probably could sing Maria in an audition, actually. I'm for sure just a full-throated tenor, so. Yeah, you are, actually. <laughs> it's true, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Uh, um, so anyway, okay, so, yeah, I just met a girl named Maria. Um, it's, like, a beautiful song. It's super classic. It's for sure, like, not my favorite thing, but I also think that that's just a matter of taste and the fact that I was born in 1992, so. What, what does that mean? I was born in 1992. I don't know. You like, you like old school ballads more than I do. But that's, whose fault is that? It's your fault, not mine. I mean, is it my fault? Um, yeah, you know, is. Sondheim has a uh, Maybe it's your song about fault. that. So <laughs> It's your fault. Thank you. Um, no, uh, it's fine. It's just not my thing. Like, I don't know. Okay. All right. Fine. Let's get into it. I think it's a little silly. He's like, I just met a girl named Maria. Yeah, like, but he's up. stupid. Yeah. Just like Romeo. They're it's really silly. dumb. Like, yeah, it's li- like, like it's it's okay that he's dumb. Like, yeah. like he's in no, love. Right. It's like his, it's his first young love. You can't tell that because he looks like he's 30 years old. But it's, his, <laughs> it's his first young love, and it's so heartfelt. When you yeah. have your first little crush in, like, your, like, in middle school, you think it's, like, deep love, and it's not. But, like, you think it is. And, mm. like, that's where, that's where he's at right now. That's where I Romeo think... is at. He was at it with Rosalind, and then later on with Juliet. It's just whoever the current girl who's showing any interest in him whatsoever like whoever that current girl is like that's who romeo is just all he's 100 percent in and that's where right. tony's at too well to that end i actually feel like i would enjoy it more if they'd cast someone who's less of a lover because if they cast someone who's like actually against type i'd be like whoa he's having this moment now versus this i'm like yes like you know lover boy is now singing a song about that great um yeah. versus i think i'd actually enjoy it more if it was someone who like for whom that seemed like unimaginable and then suddenly is like I don't know, sing. You, you, does that make sense? Yeah, I totally agree. Like, I'm sort of like, oh, yes, and now you sing this, like, slow ballad about your feelings, sir. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah. We, it's, it's so much more interesting if, if he's against type. Mm-hmm. It's really a missed opportunity in I mean, both I think this everybody movie should and cast in against type, but that's also someone yeah. who's a weird type talking, so. Mm-hmm. so uh, sometimes, like, Bernardo was cast very much in type, and I think that is appropriate. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, what's next? America, we talked about that at length uh, last week. Just reiterate, so that might be the best musical theater song America. of all time. It's so good. It's probably it's better than so good. Color Purple song. How dare you? Take that back. I, I won't. <laughs> I won't. Well, we'll get to it. Um, that's yeah. fine, but you'll pay for this later. Because um, we will listen to that song, and we will do Color Purple. Oh, I know, I know. Um, I'm excited. I'm looking forward to it. I, I've heard it's really good, and I want to see it. It's really good. Okay, anyway, uh, what's next? Uh, next up, we've got Tonight by Tony and Maria. Not by Tony and Maria. They just by Tony and Maria. <laughs> um, and I put that when we talked about our favorite musical theater songs. I think I put this in my top five, which now I wish I'd put America up in there. Or at least mm-hmm. Tonight Quintet, which has the good parts of Tonight and then also has other good parts. But um, Yeah. I mean, okay. It's really good. It's not my taste, but it's really good. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, 
maybe let's because we'll probably play parts of the tonight quintet so maybe i'll just save this for then Um, great i love that yeah then we've got g officer krupke which is great i love that song so fun yeah, we mentioned last week that... Right, well, so in the film, G. Officer Krupke is up next, I should say. In the musical, it's different, as I'll get into. So basically, this song, the music was originally from the Venice scene in mm-hmm. Candide. And uh, Bernstein moved it over to here. Oh, right, we talked about that last week, how a lot of this music is moved back and forth between Candide, which is really yes. interesting. So this is a good spot to actually talk about the differences between the stage musical and the movie. We already mm-hmm. talked about how in America last week, um, a new character named Rosalina was just invented to basically <laughs> be the Bernardo stand-in. Because, it's Rosaline! Uh, wow, sorry, continue. Oh! <laughs> yeah. Also, I think I just said Rosalina, it's Rosalia. I'm not saying. Well, that is, yeah. well, maybe though, maybe that's still where it came from. That's Yeah, you're, that probably, I bet you're right. That probably is like where they got the name. Um, they were like, we need another lady. Maybe it could be Rosaline. Anyway, yeah, there you go. Um, also, because in the earlier drafts, there was a Rosaline character who got cut. So maybe what it was is they like kept that character, but just oh, cut her down. Oh, maybe it was. Maybe it was. What's the, What's her name? Rosalia. 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 Yeah, maybe that was her. Yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe that's why I called Rosalind Rosaline because I was thinking of this character. The, well, no, now you're just giving yourself a look. That's <laughs> definitely not true. Um, so. In the original version, After America comes cool, and it's Riff mm-hmm. sings cool to the Jets to like sort of amp them up and get them ready for the upcoming Rumble. And then G. Officer Krupke comes later in Act 2 because they right. were worried. It's after um, – so the, the Rumble happens. Then you have I Feel Pretty. Maria sings I Feel Pretty because she doesn't realize that Bernardo is yeah. dead, oh, so um, which is different from the current thing. Then Somewhere is sung by Consuelo. I don't even remember that from – when I saw the musical, it's not sung by Tony and Maria. Um, mm-hmm. Like, there's a place for us. Like, that's not sung by Tony oh, and Maria. It's sung by Consuelo, all... whoever she is. Then we have G. Officer Krupke because there's been sung. There's been so much sadness going on that they felt right. like the audiences like wouldn't be able to handle just sad, sad, sad for an entire act. So they introduced G. Officer Krupke to bring some levity. Riff is dead at this point, so action sings it because in the stage version. Ice does not take over the Jets like he does in the movie. Action takes over the Jets, mm-hmm. which if you're like, haven't seen the movie recently, you have no idea who any of these people are. But it's just, Yeah, it's a matter um, of who gets the bigger role, basically. Yeah, um, so Action sings G. Officer Krupke, and it's sort of like a break in the action. <laughs> but I feel like, oh, ha. But I personally agree with what they did for the movie. Maybe it's just that yeah. movie audiences were more willing for sadness. I like that the, the act two of the movie is just dark, 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 dark. Like, yeah. it doesn't feel, Geoff Krupke would be very tonally jarring at that point. I much prefer Officer Krupke sung by Riff, both because Riff is such a good character. And I like seeing them in their natural like jokey element like sort of seeing them at their best and like at their most likable right before they begin to you begin to realize what they truly are and like how bad they can truly get yeah i feel like the tone of it's different so like i remember it in act two and the tone is just like i don't know i just i kind of hate them at that point yeah Um, exactly you hate them already and then cool is so much better in act two um, I love seeing Ice just sort of, like, seize control of the Jets. Yeah. It's sort of, like, Game of Thronesy, like, this, like, guy who wasn't that important before, and you see him just sort of, like, take command and, like, calm them down, and, like, like yeah. guys, we're not, we're not just dancing, like, for fun anymore. Now we're, like, an actual aggressive street gang. I'm in charge now. Let's learn to control our anger, but control it in, like, a targeted way at the Sharks, which we shouldn't be rooting for, but, like, like it's, yeah. it's way more interesting and less tonally jarring. Yeah, I think I agree. Yeah, right. 
I mean, I also, I don't know. I think I like appreciate the form in theater where it's like we can meander more in the first act and the second act is like, okay, like somebody dies and then it's like business for the rest of the show. So. Yeah, I love that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, okay, I, I so anyways. Think, I think that's another thing, like, when they revived in 09, they should have changed that to make it more like the movie, and they didn't because they yeah. wanted to, like, do the original show, but that's, like, to the detriment of of mm-hmm. the show. Like, yeah. Anyway. It's just, different. Um, it's just, like, a different song. I feel like it's let's less play some fun. Krupke. Okay, great. Um, Krupke, another great example of young lyricist Sondheim showing the world, like, hey, hi, everyone, I know you've never heard of me, but I'm a better lyricist than everyone else alive, like... Okay, thanks. So here is... Hey, you! Who, me, Officer Krupke? Yeah, you! Give me one good reason for not dragging you down to the station house, you punk! Dear kind of Sergeant Krupke, you gotta understand, it's just our bringing up that gets us out of hand. Our mothers all are junkies, our fathers all are drunks. Golly Moses, naturally we're punks. Gee, Officer Krupke, we're very upset. We never had the love that every child ought to get. We ain't no delinquents, we're misunderstood. Deep down inside us, there is good. There is good, there is good, there is good, there is good. Like inside, the voice of us is good. So, yeah, it's really great. So, so, what you just heard was Russ Tamblin singing from the movie. Uh, so, Russ Tamblin played Riff, and he also sang that song. He was dubbed by a guy named Tucker Smith for the Jet song, but did his own singing for Officer Krupke and the Quintet. Okay, I have two very different thoughts, but just like actually just thinking about this song. Number one, there's a way in which it makes me think of You Have to Be Carefully Taught, just in terms mm. of like legacies of racism and like childhood. I don't know in the lyrics, which is maybe yeah. a weird comparison to draw. Like a weird bouncy song that's actually making deep, cutting, critical yeah. criticisms. And, and then also, I think you can draw a line between this song and Children Will Listen later in Sondheim's oh. career. Yeah, just thinking about like the fact that he wrote these lyrics and it's literally about... I don't know, I'm thinking about him and his family since like last week we talked about how Sondheim had like horrible relationships with both of his parents. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so I'm thinking about that, and then this song, and then how, like, that's something he addresses a lot, actually, in his pieces a lot, or, like, I don't know, inher- things we inherit from families. Um, yeah, so just some yeah. thoughts I have. No, I agree. I th- that, like, I mentioned last week, like, maybe there's some, like, weird Freudian things, and I don't actually know anything, or I don't, I no longer know anything about Freud that I learned in high school. I blocked it off from my mind um, uh-huh. to my deep subconscious. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, just How his relationship Freudian with his parents, you? yeah, <laughs> affected so much. Like he talks about, like they they are gonna send this, uh, like they're gonna send Riff, the fake version of Riff in this song, to an analyst to talk yeah. to them. And, and back then they called therapist analysts. That also comes up in Company. Yes. Um, like, that's the fact that like analysts are mentioned, like going to speak to one multiple times in Sondheim's pieces you imagine he probably like had an analyst and like this is at a time when people didn't talk about having a therapist as much as more like taboo right. mm-hmm. but the fact that he writes about it so much makes me think he probably had one and was like familiar with it so yeah, yeah. just like a lot of like stuff uh that he was working through and it's interesting to hear him working through his problems in songs and lyrics that we yeah. get to hear well he's so young here i don't know i love listening to like early things in people's careers and being like cool like yeah. what are these ghosts that like linger till much later and like obviously into the woods could not be more different than uh west side story but i don't know same lyricist right so i think it's interesting and he's so wise like in these lyrics he just seems like a wise old man but he's young um 
Yeah. And also, and, and beyond the wisdom of, like, the content of the lyrics, there's also just, like, the rhyming, the scanning. Like, it's just so good. Like, I just love things, like... I, I love. We um, talked last week about how if the creative team was Lord of the Rings, who would Sondheim be? And even though he's young, we concluded Gandalf, he was Gandalf. So yeah. yeah. Anyway, great. Like I just love like um, rhyming Krupp key. It's just by bringing up key. Like just so yeah. creative and inventive with some of these things. I mean, like he was the replacement for Comden and Green, who were originally going to be the lyricists for this, and they were probably the most famous lyricist team working back then. They were probably both in their thirties or forties. And yeah. he's just this kid. He's just so much better than them. I mean, we're seeing the same thing today with Lin Manuel. Like he just like right. shows up out of nowhere, fresh from college, in the heights, and he's like, "Hey, everyone, I'm the best lyricist other than Stephen Sondheim." Like, yeah, you, like, it's wild. Well, he's also like young and scrappy. I mean, and hungry. I don't know. Like, and he's sort of like, ah, that's not fair. I don't want to give him that credit. But I was gonna say there's something like anti-establishment, like grinding a key with a crep key. It's just like it's scrappy. I don't know. Yeah, like he's just like doing what he whatever he wants and making it work. He does. Yeah. Um, I can't think of any examples off the top of my head, but one thing Sondheim does a lot that I really like is he'll sort of have a sentence go through the end of one line onto the next line. Yeah, so the rhyme. Jammin. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Jam it. This is why we have a Shakespearean expert on the podcast. Um, <laughs> um, and so, but the rhyme will be like just a random word from the middle of one sentence that you wouldn't think would be like yeah. where the emphasis would be but that because it fell on the end of the line is what rhymes and like he just does that sometimes there's so yeah. many interesting as we sort of pick out more interesting lyrics of his over the course of future episodes i'm going to try to pick out like specific lyrics i'm really impressed with um mm-hmm. but with officer Krupke, it's like every lyric is impressive so well it's also like so it's a song that's like playful and has like some silly rhymes but also actually like elevates all the characters because it's also really clever and it mm-hmm. shows that like all these kids totally understand the social systems that they're like a part of and subject to which is just really interesting and it makes sense to me like it had Condon and Green written it like I think we would be approaching it very differently like Sondheim like granted he did not have all these experiences but like he was a young person writing about what it was like to be like an angry young person who's disenchanted and I feel like that really comes through yeah it feels like that and I know there was some criticism by some people of this song that like the the gang suddenly becomes too eloquent and too like like there's like they all understand the system perfectly, whereas like these like street roughs would not really. Have, I mean, we see how like how terrible they can be later on. Like they yeah. shouldn't be. They shouldn't have Stephen Sondheim levels of wit. But that's part of the fun of Stephen Sondheim is that he puts witty words right. in the in the mouths of everyone. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I hear that criticism. I guess like they shouldn't. But like maybe I feel like also they both like they're making the joke, but they're not in on the joke. Like they don't get the irony of like the fact like because they still are choosing to be shitheads. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So that's really good. It's a good song. Um, so yeah, after that, we get the uh, Tonight Quintet. Actually, in the stage okay. version, One Hand, One Heart. And I think even in the real version, One Hand, One Heart. And by real version, I mean movie. Haha. Ha. Uh, I think One Hand, One Heart <laughs> comes next. Um, we'll talk about cool when we get to it in like the movie order. Uh, but One Hand, One Heart. This is another thing that Sondheim and Bernstein fought over. Bernstein wanted the lyrics so he wrote a couple lyrics in his time he dabbled in lyrics and there's actually a rumor so originally there was going to be a credit when this was um out of town in dc lyrics written by bernstein and sondheim because i guess bernstein did actually write a couple of lyrics like one hand one heart was his idea as a lyric and like just in this song specifically sondheim convinced him instead of one hand one heart it should be like ah <laughs> um, here, I'll I'll play it and then I'll tell you the story about uh, Great. Bernstein and secret rumors. Okay. Yeah. 
Yeah, this is the other place you can go pee if you're like in the. <laughs> um, yeah, so Bernstein wanted to be one hand, one heart, um, your hand, my heart. I think is what the lyric was. And Sondheim worked really hard to convince him that it should be make of our hand, like more syllables in there. I don't. I don't remember specifically what Sondheim's reasoning was. I remember this is discussed in um, making mm. a hat or whatever that book. Finishing was the hat. Fin- making finishing the hat. hat. Really, yeah. Jeremy. Um, I'm not, a, I'm not that familiar with, uh, Making the hat? I said making the hat. Making the hat? I'm not, I'm not super familiar with Sunday in the Park with George, so. I can't believe that you just said making the hat. Continue. Sorry. Yeah, sorry. I, no, I, I feel bad about that. I should be Sunday in the Park than I am. That's I'm actually my bad. No, it's my bad. Yeah. I, I'm, it's unforgivable. Um, so yeah, Sunday convinced him to change that, but. Uh, while we're on the topic of like Bernstein coming into songs already thinking of what lyric he wanted to be put to them before Sondheim got a crack at it, um, yeah. so I guess Bernstein did like in that example like one hand one heart was his idea. So he does you know he originally had some lyrical credit, but then suddenly when the show transferred to Broadway, Bernstein's name as co-lyricist disappeared. And you might think, why would this guy with all this cachet, super famous composer, why would he willingly drop his name from co-lyricist just to please this? this unknown kid Sondheim like who cares if Sondheim's upset at it Sondheim let it fly in DC so like why did what leverage did Sondheim have to convince Bernstein to give up on this lyric writing right and what the theory is and this strikes me as the kind of thing that isn't true but it's such a fun rumor that I'm going to tell it anyway Uh, the rumor is that Sondheim secretly wrote some of the music for the show that it wasn't all Bernstein 25 year old Sondheim wrote some of the music and Bernstein wrote some of the lyrics and Bernstein did not want anyone to know that Sondheim wrote some of the lyrics. So the deal basically made was, okay, I'll give you full credit for the lyrics, even though you didn't write them all. If I get full credit for the music, even though I didn't write it all, I want to rush to say, I don't think this is true. Hmm. I think it it might be true, but it just, I mean, every single person has like, Sondheim has dished so much dirt on this show and talked so much about how he's the hero of the story and he was always right and whenever anything happened that he didn't like it was wrong and then like it was fixed for the movie because he was the right one and he has never Mm -hmm. made this allegation so I feel like if this was true Sondheim would have alluded to it at some point that's fascinating though I love that uh, conspiracy theory yeah it's like more plausible than a lot of conspiracy theories that exist I think so yeah fun okay I think all conspiracy theories should be like rated on a scale from like Pizzagate at one end and then like Sondheim wrote music in West Side Story at the other end. Wait, what's Pizzagate? That's the thing where they thought that like Hillary Clinton was running like a, a, a child sex ring and like some what? guy sh- shot up a, a pizza place in DC to like save the children. It's like a I don't right, know it's like a right wing uh, conspiracy theory. Like Roseanne okay. Barr kind of believes it, which is weird. <laughs> Okay, well, anyway. Yeah, okay. Setting that aside. Um, <laughs> I'm glad that we went there. Yeah. Um, basically, yeah, that song is fine. Okay, what's next? <laughs> um, <laughs> next is up is um, I Feel Pretty. Oh, no, the Tonight Quintet. Pretty? I skipped the Tonight Quintet. Oh, you skipped that was the whole point. Okay, yeah. So did you know that I made an award-winning music video based on the Tonight Quintet? No. You know, my like, I was in that law school group, like, like we, Jeremy. I, you probably did. So anyway, um, when I was in law school, I was in this uh, law review. We made musical parodies, and there's a national contest. Like the main legal blog, like that lawyers read, um, does a contest every year for like law schools to compete in, where they make a music, a parody music video of a song, like about legal topics. 
And so I did the Tonight Quintet, but about the competition between the legal search services, like where lawyers like look up like cases. <laughs> so it's like between Westlaw and LexisNexis. Uh, <laughs> um, and no, and this is like a, this is like a like a national contest, and like people from like across the nation were like voting, and our video won. Oh so um, I won't play it on this show. That's too self-aggrandizing. But if you want to hear that, look up Westlaw Story. It's uh, it's on YouTube. It's good. Uh, Westlaw well, Story. Westlaw Story. Well, um, that's yeah. great. So really, your credentials are real. I think. I guess yeah. I, I did win that contest. Um, I mean, it was like like I once you get into the finals, then it's just like convince your family and friends to vote for you. So like. You know, but anyway. <laughs> um, yes, yeah, so that was fun, and I mm-hmm. loved doing that, and I loved the quintet. The reason I chose the quintet is that it's just all these amazing songs interweaving together. So let's just play little bits of the quintet, which Great. I think is one of the best songs in the show. The Jets are gonna have the day tonight. The Jets are gonna have their way. So here's Anita's weird sex song. Anita's gonna get her kicks tonight. <laughs> we'll have our private little mix tonight. You're walking hot and tired, poor dear. Don't matter if he's tired as long as he's here. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Season is so good in this context. Tonight there will be no morning stars. Just so much anxiety in the air. You know everything's about to go wrong. This guy's gonna get this smug little look on his face wiped right off. So yeah, it's really good. I guess I'll go to the end when everyone's like singing together. It's really good. So, All right, so I it's great. That. We can agree. It's great. Um, yeah, that was really good. Um, I had to watch the movie version like eight billion times in a row to try to figure out where all the harmonies were because I didn't own the sheet music. I did because I did because for the video, I mean, I had to teach the, the harmonies video. to the oh, student. Also, so you really I just spent some quality time with it. Yeah, I did. And I also just copied the blocking of the movie for like all of the different gangs for the video mm-hmm. I shot. Um, so like I really just like memorized every single detail of the 
actual movie so I could shot for shot recreate it, but make it about legal search services. Um, it's good stuff. Anyway, um, yeah, so that's that. Um, Rumble has a soundtrack entry, but I don't recall any good music in that, so forget that. Forget that. Great. Yeah, I mean, okay, so that's like, I, we should talk about the content a little bit. I mean, I think what's like unique and special about it, um, and that's, I mean, it's been true of other musicals, but what's so good about it is the way it just seamlessly, like, it's literally like a cuts between all the different stories so effectively. I don't think I can, I can't think of an example from any of the musicals we've talked about so far where different mm-hmm. melodies are interwoven so effectively. Yeah, I mean, it actually, it's like, actually feels cinematic. It feels like cross-cutting, you know? Mm-hmm. It does. I mean, they do cross-cut in the movie. It's they... basically the two towers. Yeah, it is basically the two towers. Um, <laughs> in the musical I version, I know they just, this, they just have everyone standing like in different places on stage, which I find is less dynamic than in the movie where you actually watch the, the crowds walking and the camera sort of keeps pace with them. Or like mm-hmm. there's like shots where like, um, the camera will be really far away and you'll see like the sharks emerging in the distance and they like approach the camera like over the entire verse and then like end up right in front of where the camera is like they la- like they land there perfectly timed which I also tried to re- I-, I appreciate the directing of this scene so much because I tried to recreate it and I was like oh it's kind of hard <laughs> to time it so these people sing like an entire verse and like land right in front of the camera at the exact moment and then if someone yeah. screws it up you have to refilm the whole thing and you gotta be like <laughs> Like, damn it, you person. You, like, ruined it up for everyone. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. It's very good. It's very good. Um, yeah. Yeah, I dig on it. Okay, great. Um, I feel pretty. Good stuff. Good stuff. I mean, I mean, okay, I don't know. Okay, actually, I'm going to push back a little bit and say, like, yeah, it's okay. I, mm, I feel pretty. It's sort of silly. Like, I sometimes feel like it denies... Okay, so, like, Juliet would never sing I Feel Pretty. Like, Juliet is so smart, right? Like, she's, like, actually the smartest person in that play. And, like, I I think she, like, she is excited to marry Romeo, but she never indulges in a, like, you know what I'm really excited about? Feeling pretty. You know what this is about for me? I feel really pretty. And so I do think that, like, it annoys me a little bit for that reason. Pretty much a stand-in for, like, bubbly or, like, good. I don't know. No, you're probably right. You're probably right. Right, I mean, I get also it's like a different time, and so I'm also just like, this is like me and my politics coming into like, oh wow, it's annoying that what she has to say is that she feels really pretty, and that's great. But um, so I don't know. It's a there's, to me, there's a way in which like I'm like, this is a silly song, and she's like, maybe there's a version where she's a little more of a yeah. baller. Um, but also, also like, I think it's self aware, and she's like also being self mocking during it. You know, she's being self mocking very much. Like she's like very much is like, look at me, I'm crazy. Um, in yeah. love. And also, like, yes, maybe, like, we want stuff where, like, you're saying, like, you know, make, feeling good doesn't have to be about feeling physically pretty. It can be feeling about other things. At right. the same time, when someone does feel that someone, like, really loves them and wants them and you're happy to love, you sometimes do feel pretty. Like, it, it right. makes you right. feel There's pretty. Right, there's nothing wrong with that inherently. And, like, that is, a, that is a real emotion that people feel, especially when they're teenagers. And, like... You're right. It's it's real to have her experiencing that. Maybe you, you want someone who's like, I don't need to feel pretty. I just need to feel, like, confident in myself. But, you know, she's, like, a teenager who's, like, never been in love. And some guy likes her and says she's pretty. And she's excited yeah. about that. Yeah. No, her. I'm just being difficult. <laughs> Fun, uh, lyrical but- difference from the movie and the show. The show is, I feel, I feel pretty and witty and bright, and I pity any girl who isn't me tonight. 
But then in the movie, they want it to be a daytime shot. So they change it to, I feel pretty and witty and gay, and I pretty, pity any girl who isn't me today. So That's really interesting. I feel like I heard both and didn't realize they were different. So thank you for yeah. pointing that out. I don't feel the need to play it. You know the song out yes. there. It's fine. <laughs> um, somewhere, like there's a place for this is uh, This is like one of the bigger hits from the show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's give it a little play because it was famous. Let's like, give it a little play. Great. I'm never. I'm not as into like the Tony and Maria singing love songs to each other stuff because I'm just. I'm so much more engaged in Bernardo and all that stuff. Yeah. A place for us. Somewhere a place for us. Peace and quiet and open air. Wait for us somewhere. Yeah, okay. Do you want more? Or... <laughs> I don't. Okay. I just, I mean, I like that song later when... Um, she sings what's it? What's her face sings it? No, oh, what's yeah. the name of the the member of the Jets who is uh, female-bodied and, like, wants to be part of the group? Oh, Anybody's. Anybody. I like when Anybody oh, she's, sings Oh, is, is that in the stage version? I think so. Doesn't she sing I think sing you're right. Any? You're right. That's yeah. another. That's another difference. I always forget because I've seen the movie a billion times and only the stage version once. Yeah, at the, at the end of the movie, Maria sings it a little bit to like try to wake Tony up, and there's no underscoring. It's just like her singing a cappella while crying, and it's very haunting. And I love that. Um, yeah, I think, I think you're right. Anybody sings it. Anybody's is great. I too. like anybody a lot. I wish that like actually one of my favorite moments in the movie is when like the one of the members of the Sharks accept. Excuse me, of the Jets accepts her. Yeah, ice. Oh, that another reason why I love ice. Yeah, I also just like. I mean, I don't know. I have questions about anybody. Like, I think anybody's actually kind of like a revolutionary character who's like, um, you know, like just clearly is gender nonconforming, and like that's not really like touched on. But even the fact that like that character's in the show and it's not about that, I think is actually pretty revolutionary. Yeah, like like she's not made out to be a freak or anything. She's clearly in the right. We're clearly supposed to agree with her and sympathize with her, and we're yeah. clearly supposed to be against all the other jets who are mean to her. Right, and, like, then we don't even, like, fully engage with, like, what that person's identity is, which would be cool if we did, but, like, I don't know, I appreciate that um, that's, like, a thing that's in the show. <laughs> yeah. You know? It probably, yeah. Yeah, no, that's really great, and, like, I think it probably helps, like, half the writing team was, like, closeted gay men, so, like, they right. they, they understood, <laughs> like, feeling different and ostracized. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, I just, I think that, like, anybody is for sure worth mentioning. Anyway, okay. I mean, anybody I remember, I think, sings that song, right? Am I crazy? Um, I think you're right that someone who is not Maria or Tony. Oh, but you know, okay, in the show, in the in the stage version, Consuelo sings it the first time. I don't know who sings mm-hmm. it the second time. I know, I think there's a part right. where she sings it. I think. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's anybody. Uh um let's see i'm reading through the plot synopsis i'm not sure if you're right i know consuelo <laughs> sings it at some point i'm not sure why but maybe she sings it in like the curtain call put it this way in a version of the play that i've seen anybody sings it and i liked that moment <laughs> i believe yeah i'm people change things yeah. all the time so that might well be it also true. felt like it was and this is just like maybe me speaking about things that i care about but it felt like it was also about like anybody talking about like a place for them specifically which yeah. i appreciated that's uh that would be fun like if that was yeah. true um because i don't know who consuelo is and why does she get to <laughs> why do we care about consuelo <laughs> um so in the musical at this point we get g officer krupke which is a terrible idea in the movie a much better we get cool 
the Jets are all like eager to go and just like kill all the sharks. And Ice steps up to the plate, blocks them in a parking garage, turns on a bunch of atmospheric car headlights, and does the best song and dance number in the show. Cool. Let's uh, let's play a little bit of cool. You wanna live in this lousy world? Play it cool. Get even. Get cool. I wanna bust. Bust cool. I wanna go. Go cool. Boy, boy, crazy boy. Get cool, boy. Got a rocket in your pocket. Keep coolly cool, boy. Don't get hot. Cause man, you've got some high times ahead. Take it slow. Daddy-o, you can live it up and die in bed. There's a really good brassy part later on. Yeah. Great jazz writing from Bernstein. Yeah, right. I mean, which like we've seen from him before, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's like iconic for sure. Yeah, yeah, great. I love um, that song. I appreciate what you're saying earlier about it, and just about like where it falls in the show, also. Um, and so, like, whose song it becomes. But um, I think that like something that's really exciting in songwriting is it like speaks to really what you're speaking about at the top of this episode about like the um, pressure to like consolidate and like keep that like energy and that masculinity and that violent like propensity for violence like uh in and i feel like that's just like this song explodes that in a really effective way yeah i agree also i love it has the extremely famous move probably the most famous move in the show where all the jets are running towards the camera Mm -hmm. crouched over and they like jump and like snap like as their feet go over their hands the sort of the, the snapping gang thing is so iconic and such so culturally relevant like the idea of like snapping gang members is constantly referenced i remember just recently like the not minions 3 despicable me 3 was like (laughs) the commercials were omnipresent on tv and you'd see like the little minions snapping and it's like even now like movies for kids who have no idea about this west side story stuff like are referencing west side story Mm -hmm. it's it's so none of the musicals we've talked about so far have that sort of cultural cachet that they're still being referenced by like children's Mm. And we're going to see more things like that, like Sound of Music and that kind of thing. Right. Well, I mean, that's the thing. Like, I think kids who would see it wouldn't even realize it was referencing West Side Story, but they would also get the reference because it's so uh, ubiquitous, you know? Yeah. 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 Anyway. Okay. What's next? We should keep moving. Yeah. Fi- final moving. final song combo, and then we're basically ready to rank this thing, is right. um, A Boy Like That slash I Have a Love, which is spectacular. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Play I a little bit. Great. Yeah, let's just do it. Betty Wan singing instead of Rita Moreno. Just for the song. It's really questionable that she's so willing to run away with the guy who killed her brother. 
Yeah, I don't know. There's some things that are tricky in this plot, yo. I feel like it doesn't sound like anything I've ever heard before. Is that true? Yeah, I mean, it's it's sort of like we. It's like almost like opera, but modern. Yeah, it's kind of operatic. That's a really good way to describe it, actually. Yeah. It doesn't really feel like a Broadway song. I mean, mm-hmm. it is obviously, but it's yeah. like still kind of has like an old classic feel to it. It's also like epic. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's sad. Anita's such a great character. I agree. I love Anita and Bernardo. Yeah, she's just like, in a lot of ways, to me, like the heart of the show because you see her like, she's kind of the one who, off- I mean, that's not true. Marie Antonia have to pay, but she's like, sees and knows everything and has to pay for all of it, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, she's never behaving from a place of ignorance. And she's the only person who, from either the sides, like the Jets or the Sharks, who listens to Tony and Maria and is like, okay, I'm actually going to try to help these people out. I'm actually going to try yeah. to, like, see past the gang rivalry. Um, and then she suffers for it. Right. Which sucks. Yeah. Also, Doc. He's also great. I would also play Doc in the... Yeah, you'd be good as Doc, I think. <laughs> What's the matter with you people? You make this world lousy. Yeah, I love him. Yeah, I'm. I just refuse to let them off the hook. But we can talk about that. You refuse to um, let Doc off. Oh, the, oh, the Jets. No. Yeah, no, the Jets are terrible. Yeah, they suck. Yeah, they're horrible. Um, what if you were Doc and I was the guy from the dance? <laughs> Honestly, I could see that. I think I'd be great yeah. as Doc. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if I could sing, I don't know who I'd play on the show. Um, no, I really. I'd, oh, I'd be anybody. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's um, true. <laughs> Let's not lie to ourselves. Um, should we rank it? Yeah, honestly, like, it's time. I mean, I think we've talked a lot about a lot of things um, in no particular order, which Yeah, is fine. We've that's covered our... all the basics. If there's anything we missed, we'll probably talk about this musical a lot in the yeah. future. Like, in, in I mean, yeah, I think it's sort of nice to talk about it not on a pedestal, actually, I think. It's yeah. I feel like always what we've been doing, so I, I appreciate that. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Okay. First things first, was it important? Um, I'll let Great. you go first on all these so you're not poisoned by <laughs> by my thoughts. Um, Good choice of verb. Um, was it important? Great. I'm going to give it an eight. Okay. Good score. Good score. Yeah. Um, so this is tricky because I know on the one hand, Bernstein really wanted this to change Broadway in the way Oklahoma did, where every single musical after this would be like in the mold of West Side Story, and that did not succeed. But right. then we're also talking about how this is being referenced by Despicable Me 3. And, like, that is a big I- impact. And in a way, could you get your Andrew Lloyd Webber rock operas and, like, Phantom of the Operas without this? I don't know if, like, people... It, like, it would have been weird to have those without this. I mean, this is, like... A, this Broadway show has been performed by operas, which is not common. Like, this is this is so... Maybe not influential on what musicals were there in the 60s, but so much a part of what musicals are today people who yeah. now write songs for Broadway grew up on West Side Story thinking this is one of the greats. So I'm going to do something that I haven't done since Oklahoma. Maybe it's undeserved, but whatever. Ten. Come at me. I'm going to give it a 10. It wasn't important. All right. I mean, hurt. I mean, I think there's a tricky thing in terms of like, is it prevalent? Like, yes. And does that mean it was important? Hard to say. You know what I mean? Yeah, I can see. I can totally understand someone saying it wasn't important. Eight is a but really like, score for this. Has it stayed with us? Yes. So does that actually inherently mean it's important? I don't know, you know. Yeah. Um, I think 8 and 10 are both good scores on this one. All right. Um, all right. Now, was it good? Compared to the musicals that had come out before this point, how good was this? 1 to 10. Um, I mean, honestly, like, I'll give it like a, um, 
I'll give it a nine, I think. All right. What What do you think was better, though, just out of curiosity? I don't think there was anything that was better, but I still don't think it's perfect. <laughs> Wait, but if there's nothing that was better, then compared to musicals that were hot the time, isn't this perfect? Mm, what's the first? Okay. Mm-mm, I don't know. I don't know if I can say that. The nine's fine, because you've never given above a nine in this category yeah. ever. So, like, I'm okay yeah. with this time. So far in Was It Good, you've given nines to Showboat, Oklahoma, and My Fair Lady. So I'm, I think I'm it's cool okay to have a standard lady. for what is excellence, even if there's nothing that confirms that standard, you know? That's true. Like, because it I could think. sort of be like, how, like, compared to what a show was capable of being back then, right. how good was this? Maybe it was better than every show before it, but maybe, like, it, yeah, I, I can see giving this a nine. If nine I, mean, I don't know. Score, yeah. yeah. You've never given anything given above. You've never given anything above a nine. You gave a nine point five to Oklahoma for what's important. So, like, I support you continuing to not give away any tens, like as, <laughs> as long as you remain consistent. I just have to hold off, you know, until yeah. we get to uh, several down the line. Okay, for for me, this is an easy ten, and okay. I don't think I'm going to give another ten away because for, for was it good? I've all like I gave South Pacific a ten, I gave Oklahoma a ten, Showboat a ten because I was thinking like this was the best ever musical yet, so it gets a ten, and like West Side Story was the best ever musical yet, so it gets a ten. So the only reason anything would ever get a 10 for me is if I think it's, again, is if I think it's better than West Side Story. And there are going to be musicals probably that get a 10 for me in the future, but we're not going to see one for a long time. It's going to take a while yeah, for me. Yeah, I agree with that. Mm-hmm. All right. And now, is it good compared to every musical of today, of all the musicals that have come out to the modern time, how does this rank? This is just a straight up, what do you think of Oklahoma 1 to 10 right now? You mean West Side Story. West Side Story. What do you think of West Side Story right now, 1 to 10? Okay, this is tricky for me, because it's not my taste, so, like, this is the score that can reflect that, I feel like, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, but also, yes. there are songs in it that I, like, love. Okay, um... I'm gonna... Okay. Okay, I'm gonna give it... I'm gonna give it a seven. Okay. All right. Valid. Yeah, that's... Okay. It's, it's still, I mean... It's a great score for you. Yeah, I'm... Um, uh, yeah, I'm gonna give it a seven. I'm gonna give it a seven. That's fair. Um, I think that's totally like. You're gonna give it a ten. You're gonna give it a ten. Yeah, I'm giving it a ten. So this is this uh-huh. is my very first perfect thirty. I think I will have wow. at least. Four. I think I'll have You're at least it a perfect one or two more. thirty. Perfect thirty. Yep. This is this is gonna be one of those shows where at the end when we're figuring out who won Broadway binge, like this is one of the contenders because I'm yeah. gonna get up there. Um, I mean, yeah, you for sure are. I can think you of might one. Not, I mean. I can think of a musical off the top of my head that both of us are going to arguably give, like, perfect tens to, and so... Is it Sweeney Todd? Yeah, it's, it's probably Sweeney Todd. Um, <laughs> or Into the Woods, yeah. Sweeney Todd. No, I'm yeah. not going to give Into the Woods perfect tens. Um, oh, interesting. I, I, I'm not going to give it a ten on was it important, we'll because that. Sondheim had already done so much by that point. It wasn't, like, changing the game. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, yeah, so that means it has a grand total of 54, which puts it into first place. Yes, uh, the previous first place was South Wowie. Pacific with 51, and now West Side Story takes the lead with 54. And I don't think you're upset at that. You're not upset at this past South Pacific, are you? No, I'm not upset. I'm not. I'm not upset. Yeah. Um, no, I'm not. I like it better than South Pacific. I'm not upset. Yeah. I mean, you might have, you personally maybe would have put like My Fair Lady or like Guys and Dolls above it or something, but. I mean, no, I don't know. No, I think it's, it seems right. I think it's like. Apropos, like I think, had we not given, I think I actually hurt our credibility if it had gotten a lower score. Yeah, this is so. This is my first perfect ten. And is it good? I'm looking at your is it good scores from the past. The top score you ever gave was a nine to Guys and Dolls. Although, like we just spent an hour with Todd Bonapane telling us how good Guys and Dolls was. Yeah, we were very 
affected. We were. That speaks to him. Hi, Todd. Yeah, hi, Todd. He's a very affecting speaker. And then after that, the next best score you gave was My Fair Lady with a 7.5. And then you gave both this and Three Penny a 7, and Andy got your gun. Yeah. I can't I believe you gave Three Penny. How did you give Three Penny a 7? I don't know. <laughs> I liked it. I guess. I okay. don't know. Um, yeah, I'm, not- I, I'm clear. All right, so I just did the math. Um, we also Woo-hoo. are keeping a separate running score. If we incorporate how long the run of each show is compared to the longest running show that had existed at that point. So just uh, the most recent musical we talked about before this, West Side, or sorry, My Fair Lady, took the record with 2717 was the length of its run. West Side Story is only 732. So you mm-hmm. take 732 divided by that, like make it a number 1 to 10. Its run score is only a 3. So that means that it's total by by adding its um, other score, like the score we previously gave it, of 54 to the run score of 3, that gives it a grand total of 57. So using this uh, weighted score where you incorporate the run, uh-huh. it, it actually puts West Side Story in third place behind Oklahoma and South Pacific. That's interesting because I also feel like we focus so much on the film and I think it's important that we, when we really are talking about like Broadway, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. And so its impact culturally is in some ways like has to actually be peeled apart from its effect specifically on Broadway. Yeah, so, I but. I agree. And I think it's that's sort of why I like this weighted score, because it really like sort yeah. of it, it sort of puts us in our place that we're raving about this movie <laughs> and how much we like this movie, but what we're right. actually doing is comparing musicals and the people Correct. who the music the actual intended audience for the musical was not as into it as a lot of these other things we've talked about. So like, yes, it's a good cultural product. They made a great artwork, but if they, they made failed, a great artwork. If they failed to please the audience they were intending to please, <laughs> and if, if, their, if, if their stated goal was to revolutionize Broadway and they did not, then like that. Right. Uh, whereas Oklahoma was trying to revolutionize Broadway and succeeded, I can, I can get behind Oklahoma being ahead, Oklahoma and South Pacific being ahead of West Side Story with this weighted score. Yeah. But yeah. Great. All right. I feel good about this. This was really fun. Two yeah. episodes, baby. I love it. Um, so next up, technically, is the Music Man. I know we're trying to get a guest on that. So if like scheduling stuff doesn't work out, we might um, do actually two of the next musicals chronologically: The Music Man and Once Upon a Mattress. Both have guests who are, have indicated interest. So uh, we'll try to get right. those to you. If we can't get those out in time, I kind of don't want to skip ahead to Gypsy because that's like I think it makes sense to do Gypsy after we talk about Music Man because that sort of like is a big change. So we yeah, might we, we might toss out some mini sods if we can't like book guests in the near future, or we might just do musicals out of order. We'll see. But yeah, as soon as we can, we'll get Music Man to you. Be sure to subscribe to Broadway Binge on any podcast app so that you'll be able to get each episode as soon as it comes out. You can also find all of our episodes along with links and pictures at our website, broadwaybinge.podbean.com. And you can check us out on Twitter at Broadway underscore binge, where you can join the conversation and leave us a tweet which we might even read on the air. And don't forget to rate and review this show on iTunes, which will help more people discover the podcast. Woohoo! All right. Thanks for listening, everyone. And uh, Thanks for listening, y'all. See you soon. Thanks for bringing with us for these two episodes. Hope you learned something. I sure did. Let's be talk. Okay, bye. Bye.